Yo, see what up, man? What up? Yo, you can't keep the L. Cause I play strictly for the W, that's how champs do. No emotion like a wild when I'm focused. I stay ready, train and go, cause I'm a pro. There's no off season. I'm LeBron like on the mic, MJ status. I can hear too. It's about the opposition, all I know is hit him. I'm so disrespectful. There's nothing you can do about it. My dominance race supreme like peace on top of everything. I bring the noise, thus put you a pause. Opponents the strong as well as the weak. I'm by Mike MC, amongst the elite. And I roll with a championship circle. You don't believe me? Ask yourself. Sit down, let's talk about it with my man Cordell Bowser. Yeah, clap it up for Welcome to another episode of Championship Circle. Like always, I'm bringing you another special guest. Going to introduce yourself. Hey, everybody. My name is Jeremy Atkinson, former uh, pro player overseas. I played overseas a couple of years. I also played in the NBA G League. I went to college at UNC Asheville. And right now, I'm currently coaching at uh, Greenfield School. I'm the assistant coach. Under the legend Rob Salter. Okay, and um, tell them where you from. What um town you from? <laughs> I'm from a small town called Elm City. If you blink, you might miss us coming through. Uh, coming from Wilson to to Rocky Mount, it's a little small town. Like I said, if you blink, you definitely miss us. But I, I I love it though. Oh yeah, and see, I know about that because I'm from Weldon. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well done, a little bitty town, like you said. You blink. We got like two stoplights. Yeah. If you, if you blink, you miss it. We have one stoplight. Uh, we have a grocery store, and we have two gas stations. <laughs> okay. As an athlete, um, could you tell them what high school you went to? I went to uh, Wilson Fight. I went there from. Uh, uh, I graduated in two thousand nine. I played uh, varsity basketball four years. I did football my senior year, one year. Um, and I played tennis three out of the four years. So I, I just tried to stay busy throughout my whole high school career because, uh, you know, if you, you, you know, nowadays with, you know, kids not just when they get bored, that's when they tend to do something. So I stayed busy throughout my high school career. And, and that's kind of what helped me get to, you know, the next level. And see, growing up in a small town, you got to keep busy because like yeah. you said, it's so many distractions out there. Yeah. And, and I would say, you know, the guys that, you know, that being, I guess the guy that was everybody knew in the city that was, that was good at the sport, the basketball, which was my sport, the guys that were doing the wrong things, were, they treated me like, Hey, you, you can't do this. <laughs> like we, yeah. We're going to make sure you get out of here. You're the one, you know, so you can come help us, you know, get out. And 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 that's what a lot of guys. I heard this in, when I was playing in Texas and, and and around here with guys that actually played over overseas and pro ball, and they would tell them, you know, growing up in you know little small neighborhoods, the guys that you know, I guess they would be like the the OGs of the neighborhood would, yeah. would try to get one guy and then make sure, hey, don't nobody mess with him, you know, and and let him, you know, go on and and try to basically do what they didn't do. And see, 
Um, it's always like he said, the OGs, they they seen some in you, they seen your potential. And I think right now, that's what we lacking. Like, really, the OGs now, like the youth that's growing up in this generation, the OGs trying yeah. to turn them into that dope boy or yeah, yeah, you can get this fast money, come work for me. But back then, like you said, it was more protection. Like, nah, you getting out of here. I don't want you like me. If you, I mean, if you come through MC, like I said, it's small. You will see me in the backyard most of the time, 24-7. I wake up, I eat breakfast, I'm outside. I come back in, I watch, you know, some basketball, eat again because I'm always eating. I'm, I'm right back <laughs> outside. I'm, I'm right back outside. I'm outside 24-7 to the you know, to the sun, um, it gets dark. And I'm just shooting in the backyard. So on that note, how long have you known that you wanted to play basketball? I started, and I, I, I would say I'm a late bloomer. I started probably around six years old, like first or second grade, seven years old. And and that's when I was like, I like this, you know, I like this game. I love this game right here. <laughs> and I want it. So my favorite, you know, player growing up was Allen Iverson. So I was, at the oh. time he was like flashy and he was the guy that I think he changed the league as far as the, the I guess the style, you know, the cornrows and just the swag with it. Uh-huh, that was my favorite player too. Yeah, so I, I grew up, you know, just watching him and he played hard. And I mean, he's the smallest guy on the court, but at the same time he got the biggest heart. And I, I just, I try to like mimic him outside and I would just go, I would watch it. Then I'll go outside and try to do some of his moves. Yeah. As I got older, you know, my favorite, it, it went from Iverson to D-Wade. And then now, right now it's Kyrie, even though he's kind of, you know, uh, a little crazy, but he, <laughs> he still can put that ball in, in the hole. <laughs> yeah, Ky- Kyrie said the world flat, so. Yeah, I, 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 and I, I couldn't say nothing to that. I was, I don't know. The man's walking around lighting. Uh, yeah, in, in the arena. So I'm, he's adding on to the COVID cleaning crew, I guess. <laughs> and speaking of COVID, uh, how do you feel about COVID in sports in 2020? It's, it's, to me, I mean, it, it's something. I look at it as it's something, you know, everybody has, has to go through it. I mean, it's not just one state. It's not just this team. It's everybody in. It's just, you have to deal with it. To me, it's like following rules. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to put your seatbelt on when you're in the car. You should. But if you, I mean, for us to play right now, we have to wear a mask. Yeah. And if you don't wear, wear a mask, I mean, I, we, you can complain all of us if you want, but if we <laughs> have no say so to that. So if you want to play, just put the mask on and, and, and play like everybody else. But uh, I mean, it's, it's just, you got to, right now to play, you got to, you got to follow these certain rules to do it if you want to play. And, and that's how it is with pretty much everything done do with COVID. If you need to go in this grocery store, just put your mask on. Um, you just got to follow the rules. And I'm, that's why I've been trying to get the guys at school now. It's just, you know, just to comply, like just, just to make life easy. Yeah. And I agree with that because like you said, just follow the rules. Uh, we saying, you hear them say, Mask up when you go out. Now oh, you yeah, got yeah. people, they 50, 50 or more at a party, ain't nobody got a mask on. But yeah. if five people at the party get COVID, oh, now they blaming the next person. No, yeah. it, it was your fault. 
Yeah. Uh, no, I've been, we've been telling the guys, you know, take care of yourself, you know, not only for basketball purposes, but at the same time when you're home too, so we can keep the season moving. Because we already went in quarantine one time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of teams now are starting to, you know, go in quarantine. And, and that's putting a lot of, you know, a lot of work on the ADs, canceling games and trying to reschedule games. So it's been kind of, this year's definitely, well, this past year has been tough. And right now it's it's still, like I said, it ain't go, COVID haven't went nowhere. Still oh, here. no. Um, so it, and like you said, you see it in the pros, the NBA, the NFL, the, you know, colleges, counseling, postponing games. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like this year, a lot of, eight, well, this past year and this year, <laughs> athletic directors are definitely, they're <laughs> definitely working. They got their job cut out for them. And, and I know, and I know, um, like college football definitely like had their work cut out for them because they like Ohio State, they missed what the first four games, I think. Yeah, and a lot of teams are mad because they made the, the, the final four, but they only played, I think, maybe five or six games where you had teams that actually played 10. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I understand that from the, the teams, the other team's point of view. Um, but at the same time, like what you can't do nothing about it, so just deal with it. Yeah, it, I it's mean, like it. it's part of the it's part of the new rules. Yeah, like just I like just like Texas the bubble, just like yeah. the bubble. Texas and them, um, they didn't get in the final four, but hey, what do you you can't change it? And it's like with basketball, I always like to change everything in the basketball, especially for the guys, so they can see it. If the referee make a call, that's it. Like, there's no change. Now, obviously, in the NBA or college, they got replay, but that's only for certain calls. But once the ref call a foul on you, that's it. Or a travel, it? yeah, that's it. No need to argue. No need to act crazy. You know, <laughs> throw up your hands. That's it. Just on to the next one. And you talked about you went to UNC Asheville. How yes, was sir. your How was your career there in basketball? All right, well, Steve, after I left fight, I actually took a little another route, the, which is unusual for a lot of people in this area, which nobody actually – I don't, I think it's one other player I know that think I think went Juco, but I went to Lewisburg College for two years, and then I went to UNC Asheville. I transferred in as a junior, and my, I think – yeah, my career there was – I actually did some good homework as far as picking the school – uh, going there obviously for academics and and far as basketball that that was the perfect role for me. They graduate uh, one senior had graduated, and I basically came in and and took his role, and then the rest of it was just you know it was history. And see, when you said you did your research on the school, that's yeah. why I think a lot of young players coming out of high school they don't do their research. They just go for yeah. okay, I'm going to. Uh, Chapel Hill or going to Duke, but if you a point guard and Chapel Hill already got four top point guards already going there, what's yeah. your odds? You could be sitting down. You unless be you, sitting down. Unless you, unless you is you know putting in work and and competing for a spot. But other than that, even when you competing and those two, those other three guys are competing too. Everybody can't get on the court. No, and that's they can't. You got to you got to do your homework. Um. And that's why you see a lot of the, the transfers. And then, and now with the NCAA granting them one, I guess it's one free transfer. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, after the first one, you got to sit out. But to me, I think you should just go ahead and do your homework first. Now, if of course you get there, everything might, it's going, it's not going to be like it is. The coaches, 
they come to your house, they're nice and all that. But then when you get, once you get on campus, it's the coaches are different. <laughs> but it's their job though. Yeah, it's, but it's their job. Yeah, oh yeah. But a lot of players now can't. They wouldn't be able to take some of the coaches that are coaching at the next level, whether it's D1, D2, or D3, because a lot of them from their high school coaches are laid back. But then when they get to the next level, oh, those coaches don't care. That's their job. So they they putting the best five out there. Mm-hmm. They're putting whoever's on the bench. They putting those guys in there to replace the uh, the, the starters, and and they don't care what anybody else is saying except for their coaches now. And I'm gonna tell you a perfect example of that. Roy Williams, the last game Carolina played, he, <laughs> yeah, he benched Leaky Black. He benched um, Caleb Love yeah. and Garrison Brooks. He benched them like they didn't start. Why? Because he said the game before they played with poor performance. Yes, and, and yes, that's but that's life, though. Oh, um, yeah. You do that if you work in a regular job. If you're not doing something, your supervisor, whoever, your boss. They're going to let you know. You might get penalized, whether it's money or you might get, you know, fired. Um, but I can understand that. And a lot of fans are probably mad. Why are you doing this? You, yeah. you know, you got top players. Well, if I don't do it, they're going to keep doing the same thing over and over. And then, so you, you, got, and then you, got, you got a point guard like Caleb Love who got all of this. You know, he already got the, oh, yeah, he going top five around him. So – his his mentality to Roy is, well, I'm gonna get out here and play like I want to play. I, I might be gone this year anyway. Well, so, that's, and that's when you gotta pull the pull exactly. Yeah, pull them back. Hey, since you want to do your thing, let's go have a seat over here. And and the you try to play, you know, in the system with the team, you just sit over there, have, you know, and watch the game. You gotta and, humble them. Yes, and and that's the thing. Like a lot of these guys, when they do go off to the next level they do get humbled because you kind of forget about some of them, you know, some of them make it and stay obviously in the league, but then a lot of them either go to the G league or they, you know, go overseas and then you just kind of forget about them until you see them like in the summer league or, you know, they might pop back over here in, in, in the league. Some mm-hmm. or like a 10 day contract or something like that, but it, it's, it's different. And, and it's, it's only a certain amount of people that can make it to the next level, whether it's D one, D two, D three. And then that next, percentage to the league is is it's it's like a handful oh yeah oh yeah and so you have to, you have to do something special in high school to get the college coach is i and then that next level everybody's good at college so you have to do something basically at an elite level to get the the, the pro scouts to look at you. and without, you got to have a work ethic and you got you know you got to want to work but if you don't want to work, don't be surprised at what the the results you get. Oh yeah, and that's that's what a lot of these young guys coming out thinking like, oh yeah, I'm already, you know what I'm saying, uh, um, uh, top, um, ESPN, I'm in the top ten ranking already. Like, I ain't got to put in the work. So I was listening to you know you you and uh, Ant podcast. Uh, yeah, shout out to Ant, Ant man. Yeah, Ant, yeah, that hey, hey, he still can go. Yeah, I mean, like a couple of times from overseas, and he was, you know, he basically was. I mean, even when Kobe was at Greenfield, he was and could still go. And if it, I know, it, I'm sure it was his height, but yeah, to me, I think if he just would have got the opportunity, he yeah, he would have made a lot of noise. But 
and, and that's how it is. Like, and, and he could have stopped and gave up, but you know, you got to keep going. Oh yeah. But uh, I, I I was listening to it, and you're talking about the social media, and that's to me that's that's the difference between when I was coming up, when Ant was coming up, to now. You know, a lot of guys that's, they they basically play for social media. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Up. Highlights. Yeah, like I'm just gonna go out here and do this, so I can get these guys, you know, to make a, a mixtape for me, so I can post it on IG or you know Twitter or whatever. But the thing is, the coaches don't care. I watch, I listen to Coach um, Moten from Central. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, dude, what's the highlight? It's all good clips of you making, dunking, or, you know, laying it up or crossing somebody over. That's not the game, though. Nah. <laughs> you call somebody. You, you got don't four, make all your You got four quarters in the <laughs> game, and they just show you yeah. six highlights. <laughs> yeah, so he said he don't even look at highlights because they're highlights. Yeah. So what's the point of looking at that? Everything is going to be good of it. Now, if I watch some, you know, a full game clip and I see, mm-hmm. you know, you're in help side, you're talking on defense, you get in foul trouble, you don't pout, you run out to the sideline, you still engage with the game, you're diving on the floor for loose ball, you're taking charges, you're just being a great teammate. And that's the thing. That's what coach, college coaches be looking at. They look at the little things because they already got guys at the next level that can score. And, and the thing is, you make, you might not be uh, averaging eight points for your high school team, but you still can go to the next level because they can see some potential in you. And that's their job to get you at the next level and then, you know, work with you to the point where you, as a you know, a sophomore, junior, senior, now you're scoring, you know, averaging 12 or 15 points. In like they can develop players if you let them. The they they, a lot of the guys think I got to score 25, I got to score 30. Okay, you can do that, but guess what? If you get it to the next level, you're not going to be scoring 25 or 30 because they already nope. got a bunch of guys that are the man there now. <laughs> so you you basically coming in unless you, and I said, unless you like, you're like a Zion, um, yeah. Kobe White, uh, uh, Anthony Davis, those got John Wall like yeah. coming in immediately, and you're going to make an immediate impact. You're you're going to play. It's basically what it's been like for years. I don't know why everybody act like. It has changed. You come in as a freshman. If you're good, you might play a little bit, but you mm-hmm. you got to learn the ropes from the sink, the upper class. And then at a sophomore year, you might start getting a little tick. And then by your junior year, you're you're playing some. And now senior year, you, you're you're the man, and you know you're you're teaching the, the younger guys yeah. the ropes like you did a couple years ago. And and that's what it normally is now. But we think we see so many one and dones and transfers. It's, it's it's almost like the loyalty is is has been shot, it's been basically shot with the one and done, which I don't I don't I don't knock them for going, you know, one and done, but that's why you see the the levels of the Duke, the Kentuckys losing mm-hmm. to like Davidson and Dayton, because they got guys that stay for four years. And then whether you have Duke, you know, Carolina, they got guys that come in one year and one gone. Year gone. So it's kinda of hard. It's hard to develop chemistry. So every year you got a new team, and they they're young guys. They're not. Yeah. You, know, you might have a few years of seniors, but the rest of your team is predominantly freshmen. Yeah, like Carolina and team now. They didn't. They like all freshmen. They got like six freshmen. Yeah, but that freshmen different. Like Sharp and Kessler. And yeah. That that freshmen. They're they're two bigs off the bench are better than the big stars. Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah, I like I like their two freshmen. 
No, I'm a Duke fan. I don't really yeah, like that. Yeah, I don't like, know why you don't like. I don't know. I don't know why you like Duke, but. I, I mean, hey, hey, look. Speaking of I, speaking of that, speaking of Duke, I'm glad you brought up Duke. How do you feel about Coach K canceling the non-conference games? You know, Duke been canceling games back and forth. I mean, how you feel about that? Well, I know the women's already canceled their season. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I can see it from Coach K's standpoint. Like, I mean, I mean, the thing is, he said it from the get-go anyway. Yeah, he did. Um, but and you know, a lot of people are saying, you know. Obviously, probably people from Chapel Hill. Yeah, he's saying that because they're losing. I'm like, well, Duke is not the only team losing. Carolina's losing. Kentucky yeah, losing. We, yeah, we losing. losing. Yeah, everybody's losing, and that's the thing. The reason they're losing because you don't have that normal practice and that home that crazy uh, environment with the Cameron crazies. So now it's basically a basket. It's practice, but yeah, yeah it's scrimmage. Got, it's scrimmage. Yeah, it's basically a scrimmage. And but it's a real event, and it's kind of, it's tough because a lot of teams feed off the crowd. Yeah, they do. And, you know, having that ding dong empty with just a few staff workers from the game, it, it's tough. And then you know, from parents too. I think parents get to come to the game, but that's that's not the same as having you know sixty thousand people in an arena. No, it ain't. And see, I think I think that's why we having so many blowout games in the NBA. Like teams losing yeah, by 40, 50 points every night now because it's like, like you said, they crowd ain't giving them that momentum to play no more. It's like they just out there. Yes. I yeah. mean, I, this, I mean, Clippers lost by a lot. And then I just saw the Orlando Magic just get yeah. blown up by the same pitches. Like it's, 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 I mean, it's different, but at the same time, you're getting paid. Oh, you, yeah. You got to play the game. No fans in there, or whether it's you know twenty five thousand fans in there, whether it's two hundred fans, in there, you still got to play. And, um, but and speaking I, I of every situation you get to play, you got to take advantage of. Oh yeah, and this, and I'm glad you said that. What was some of the challenges from UNC Asheville to get into the G League that you encountered? Oh, the G League. I, uh, I would say. You know, be, being that, you know, UNC Asheville was a, a smaller school, um, I, I had to really work. And I, and I, and, that, and that's the thing I try to tell a lot of the players now. If I would have went to maybe like a, you know, NC State, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have to do as much. I wouldn't have to work as hard as I had to coming from UNC Asheville. So with me coming into Texas, um, playing for the, the Legends, the, the, which is the Mavericks uh, G yeah, League team. You know, I'm a Mavericks fan. Oh yeah, I had to prove to. I, I mean, I got drafted, but at the same time, even if you get drafted, you're still not guaranteed. You still got to go to training camp, and you still could get waived. Oh yeah. Um, for the roster spot, so I, I had to go in there, and I, I basically did what I, I did my whole career. I play hard, and I do all the little things that nobody want to do, as far as rebounding, you know, box, uh, boxing out, um, diving on the floor, getting all the garbage points off of uh, you know, it's rebounding. Mm -hmm. And I did that, and I could, you know, I shot some, hit a couple threes, but I did all the little things that nobody wants to do. Obviously, at that level, because everybody wants to get to the league, and they forget about, you know, all they care about is shooting, scoring, but they forget about, you know, like playing defense, uh, taking mm -hmm. charges, diving on the floor. So I did a lot of those things, and that actually caught the head coach I, uh, which was Eduardo Nahara, who actually played a lot with the. Um, with the Dallas, he played a lot for a lot yeah. of the NBA. Yeah, I, I remember with Dallas. 
Yeah, he was with the Mavericks and uh, he was with, you know, Denver, Boston, the, the Bobcats at the time. So uh, it, I, he said, I reminded him of himself when he played because he did all the dirty work. Yeah, he I did. He won no greedy players. Yes, you got dirt and whiskey. You know, he's not going to be diving on the floor. No, nah, that's Steve. a legend. <laughs> yeah, you got Steve Bash and, and uh, a lot of those guys, quick, uh, Nick Van Nelson. So those guys are not yeah. diving on the floor. So that's, that's what he did. And he said I, uh, that pretty much reminded me. I reminded him of himself. So mm-hmm. I, that pretty much got me a roster spot, you know. And 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 I just went on with it. I kept doing what I, you know, what I know, and that's play hard and, and do whatever the coach tells me to do. Whether I got to guard a one or if I got to guard a big six eight two twenty, I don't care. Or two uh, two sixty, I guard him too. Um, I just want to be on the floor. That's all I care about. Yeah. Whatever I got to do to get on the floor, and you know, and to make the team, um, to do whatever to make the team win, I'm I'm, I'm cool with it. But so, I didn't have no problem coming off the bench. Like a lot of guys think, if you start, that's it. You got to start. No, you don't. Like to me, no, I, I ain't I love coming off the bench, and the reason why, and I did it coming when I was playing uh, travel ball some too. I played with CP3. I came off the bench, and I, and I like coming off the bench because I get to see how the how the flow of the game is going. Mm-hmm. What this guy like to do, you know, after a couple of possessions, is tendencies. Yeah. So now when I get in the game, I'm already re- I'm in there. Like I know what you're about to do, or I got a feel of what how the, how the flow is going. But a lot of guys think if they ain't starting, they're not really doing. It. And I and I'm like, who cares about starting? I yeah. had a teammate in college. He got hurt. Uh, we played North Carolina. He hurt his knee. A drama. He, uh, he's from Greenville. Okay. He got hurt. Um, against Carolina, he had a nice game, 21 points, but he got hurt. And then after that, I started in his spot. And we played two more games after that. And the coaches was like, well, do Jerron's, you know, he's healthy. Do we go back with him or do we keep what we got going on? We, you know, we're rolling with him. Mm-hmm. And they just decided to stay with me and just keep him being that six man to come off the bench for off with, you know, with a spark of offense. And the thing is, Jerron ended up finishing the game. Me and him both was on the court at, at the end of the game. And that's the, that's what I care about, and that's what I felt player. You know, that's what the whole main thing is anyway to finish the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That last four or three minutes of the game is proof. Cause you, cause you know, you got them, them players that they love to be the six man, like Jamal Crawford. He's a known six man. Montreal Harrell, you Tarbert. That's Tarbert, North Carolina. He, um. Dennis Struder, like these guys love to be the six man off the Jason Terry. He was yeah. our six man off the bench since he's yeah. been at Dallas. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's nothing it's, wrong with it. Are you doing that? And like with Schroeder, now you you don't turn yourself into a starter. Exactly. On the situation. But you had by but he could have been like, man, I'm tired of coming off that. But yeah, actually worked his way, you know. Hey, we you gotta start it. There's no way he coming off the bench on this team. You need to start. We we'll put you with LeBron and AD. We're good. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 just you got to work, and that's everything. You got to work. And speaking of um, the NBA, uh, you ran. You how many NBA players have you actually met, like personally? I was. Yeah, I don't even know. To tell you the truth, I mean, when I was in the G League, half most of my team had already played in the league. I okay. had one of the teams that were like. All veterans like Sean Singletary and Melvin Eli, 
Chris Douglas Roberts. Like I had to do my rookie duties for him. Like I had to basically carry his shoes around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was on the I had to go get his, you know, his lunch or whatever. Um, Devin Ebanks. I had a lot of Terrell Harris actually just won the he had won the finals with Miami with yeah. LeBron. So I had a lot of guys on my team that was, you know, in the league or got drafted. Um, Damian James had played at Texas. Oh, yeah. He was best friends with KD. Um, Dorian Lamb played at Kentucky with uh, with Anthony Davis. So I, I knew a lot of guys that got drafted um, in the NBA and that played a couple seasons there. Or And the thing is, a lot of them just got hurt mm -hmm. or got a situation happened, but they were just trying to get back in there. So it, it, it was – when I was playing in Texas, it was basically nothing. Like, seeing – my coach was obviously – he was a veteran player. Yeah. And next year, my second year, uh, Nick Van Nelson was the assistant coach. Okay. Yeah, so he like, was. Like, yeah, he was. Like, I'm like, this is a legend right here. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I seen Spud Webb. He was part of the team. Oh. Okay. Uh, Nancy, Nancy Lieberman, you know how she was with, you know, as far as you know, yeah. women's basketball. Because um, Spud still don't. Then he don't, man. <laughs> when I was there, Spud said he was about, about 10 years. Come on now. Spud said all he do is golf. Wow. He golf. He wake up early in the morning and golf. He'll tell you that too. Yeah. He'll tell you that. But I mean, just seeing those guys, I mean, you know, you see them, the legends. Um, clearly that they went with the team name. Just seeing no, you know, just you know, going around and, and they still doing it because they like to be a part of basketball. And they just giving back to us. You know, because at the end of the day, Coach Nahara didn't have to coach. Oh no! He, he, I mean, he played enough years in the league that he should been good. He good. Yeah, I don't need to travel. I'm gonna spend time with my kids and family. But you know, he was like, he loved the game, so he still wanted to be around it. And I can understand it. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, and then playing against other guys, you know, on different teams is that was good too. Like I, was, I watched Robert Covington come from the RGV Vipers to. To now playing with uh, who was he with? Portland. He's Portland. Yeah, yeah he, he would. Yeah, Portland. Yeah, like I seen him go from you know G League to Philly to um, Houston to where he at now in Trailblazers, and it, it's all about just working and doing what you at each destination. He had to do a certain role, and he did it, and that's why he's still playing in the league. And he another gritty player like he, he don't exactly. give you 30 points but he'll lock one of your best players down yes and then he open he's gonna he's gonna knock the shot down because oh he yeah and that's how you stay in the league so what so, what what motivate you to keep going on and off the court i i just i always had a chip on my shoulder um I love when, you know, obviously, you, like what Ant said, you know, you go in the barbershop, you hear people that, you know, they talk to you, they talk good. But at yeah. the same time, you have a person in the barbershop that listen to both sides and, and they'll come back to you later and say, man, such and such, you know, he was saying this in your face, but at the same time, when you left, he said this. So me, it was all about just proving people wrong. Because mm -hmm. I, I, when I came out of high school, I was actually going to NC State or trying to go to NC State. They were talking to me, but that kind of fell through. So I was kind of in a bind and I was almost about to go to Barton, um, you know, right here in Wilson, a D2 school. But then the coach, um, John Meeks came out of nowhere and um, he was at Lewisburg and that's when I ended up going there. Cause I still, you know, I, my, my goal was to play D division one. And he was like, if you want to, this, this could probably be your best route right here. And I took the, the Juco route and landed me, you know, in Asheville. 
But when when I got to Asheville, you know, I marked the game NC State on the calendar. Every mm-hmm. time we played, I marked it. Uh, my, my junior year, uh, we lost by seven. You know, they were, they were a good team. Lorenzo Brown and uh, CJ Lays. They, they had a nice team, Richard Howe. But my senior year, we lost by two. And and I, I'm trying to tell you, I left everything out there on the court. Because I, I wanted to – now, it wasn't that coaching staff that I, that was recruiting me. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it was still NC State. So I was yeah. still – all I saw was red anyway. Um, so and then and that's how I took it the whole season. Um, where every time I'm on the court, I feel like I got a chip on my shoulder. I'm trying to prove, you know, either people back home, or trying to prove uh, the coaches or people in the league or whatever, and whatever level I was at, that I can, you know, I, I'm the player you want. I'm gonna play hard. Um, I'm giving all I got. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get with me. You're gonna get a player that, hey, I'm. Whether it's 32 minutes in high school, whether it's uh, you know, 48 minutes in, in, in the pros, or whether it's 40 minutes overseas, you're gonna yeah. get, you're gonna get all I got for those those times. Um, but I, I just think just going up from a small town that 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 added more like um um fuel to the fire for me because you know it's not much in M City. So when I got to Lewisburg, it was kind of a little bit better. Yeah, but it made me a home still. So when I got to Asheville, I'm like, oh my. <laughs> I like this and we had just opened up a new arena you know I'm going to Puerto Rico and the Bahamas to play in preseason tournaments and but the thing is this is I'm from M City if the, if some of my teammates knew where I came from they'd be like what? Mm-hmm. I got we did it. <laughs> they're like what's the nearest airport what's the nearest city I'm like Raleigh I gotta stay Raleigh and they were like where's that I'm like well, it's the capital of North Carolina you yeah. gotta know but, I, but I'm actually like 40-45 minutes away from that <laughs> And that's how it is in a small town. Yeah. And um, Jeremiah, I appreciate this interview, man. Appreciate you blessing this interview, man. And oh, yeah. If it, no if, if, if it were one thing that you would leave the youth, what would you say to them? I, I would tell them, you know, you you have to have tunnel vision. Right now, growing up with the, the era of social media, you can't be concerned about who liking your post and 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 this because the coaches don't care about all that. Like if you would just sit, if you will focus more on your game, and, you know, developing skills and and watching film and watching to me college basketball, not NBA, but college. Watch more college basketball and, and try to get better as a player, physically and mentally, and just leave that social media alone. A lot of players around this area would go places if they would just leave it alone, but instead. They like to listen to, you know, the, the people in the background. The people in the background, they're not going to be there all the time. Like the people in the background for me are gone now. They've been gone. And so when you go to the next level, the people in the background go. So you've been listening to people for no reason. Yeah. Just because they were closer to you. But now when you go to the next level, you ain't going to hear them no more. Now you got more. You got people now that's in your corner because they're fans of you at that school. So I would just tell them, you know, just basically get tunnel vision and and almost don't listen to the outside noise. Just listen to your coaches and, you know, your family. And then sometimes family can kind of hurt the player too because everybody's thinking their kid, you know, obviously the best at at playing the sport. But at the same time, I think some of the parents got to understand if if such and such kid is better, there's nothing wrong with that. You just got to adapt to playing beside this person or – 
develop your game more so you'll be just as good as your teammate. Uh, to me, it's just too much. You know, everybody want their kid to be the best. No, we want everybody to be good. But if they're all good, that's what the coaches going to come regardless. And when they come check this player out, they can't, hey, this guy over here is getting every rebound. They can't not see that. So if I'm taking advantage of it, if I got a, a teammate that's getting looks by schools because when they come look at him, guess what? They got to see me. Oh, yeah. You got to see me too. Like, you, you can't miss me. So uh, to me, I just tell the youth, you got to have a work ethic because that's what coaches look at. And they look at you right now with the COVID. A lot of the schools have the cameras that the, the, uh, we've been watching online. They've been streaming games. And so I tell them, you don't know who's watching. Like it could be a college coach sitting way in California, and it could be some overseas scout sitting over there in, in Europe looking at you, but you don't know because you, you don't know who's watching the live stream. But at the yeah. same time, they're looking at how you act when you're on the court, how you act when you, you get subbed out, how you act when a ref calls a foul. Like they look at all those little things, and that could hurt you. And sometimes if you do it the right way, they, they and it can also help you. So I, I would just say that, you you, you know, it's, just work. Don't don't think everything's gonna be handed to to you because um, it's not. And, and, and those highlights and all that, yeah, that's good to have back in when you get older, but that's not gonna get you to that next level. Yeah. You need more highlight. And, and, and the, if they don't believe me, <laughs> listen to Coach <laughs> from Central North Carolina Central. He'll tell you he don't even look at those. What's he don't even know what a highlight is? <laughs> what is that? And on that note, Jeremy, once again, thank you for blessing my podcast, man. Uh, no problem. I appreciate it. And um, I, I we're going to get back up, man. Like I told Ant, man, we can get up and start something for the youth around here because that's what they need, man. Oh, yeah. I'm always down with that. I mean, that was my goal when I start. When I, obviously, when I finished playing, I wanted to come back and, and hopefully get somebody like a small town to, to come through and, and go basically travel the world like I did with the, that round ball. That round ball took me a lot of places. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, I had to do my, my, my schoolwork first. <laughs> you can't, you're a student athlete first, so a student comes first, so you got to take care of the classroom if you want to bounce that ball. And see, that's so that's the words of wisdom. So for the oh, youth yeah. out there listening, do your work first. Yes, I don't care if it's virtual or if it's in person, you still got to do it. You got to do it. Oh, yeah. So, Jeremy, on that note, man, happy new year. You too, you too. Stay blessed, man. Stay safe, man. And until next time, man. Yes, sir. And we out. Appreciate it. All right. All right.